Welcome to the Rockbrook Church Podcast. Our hope is that today's message brings you hope and clarity for your spiritual journey. We love hearing how God is working in your life. Feel free to share any stories of how this message gave you a new perspective and hope. Email us at church at rockbrook.org to tell your story. Well, good morning. Good to see all of you here. Really appreciate you coming out today as we're in our Getting a Grip on Life series from the book of Proverbs. And today we're looking at surviving my schedule. Uh, Is there a way to reduce the stress that comes from a hectic schedule? And the book of Proverbs says, yes, there is. In fact, it tells you that you need to do three things. So here we go. On your notes, on the screen, number one, you need to line up your priorities. Line up your priorities. Proverbs 17, 24. Read this one out loud with me. An intelligent person aims at wise actions, but a fool starts off in many directions. So once again, we've got the contrast here between the wise man and the fool in the book of Proverbs. And it says the wise man aims uh, at wise actions. Uh, How many of you remember the old Ed Sullivan show when they used to have the plate spinners on there? Anybody remember the plate spinners? They'd have a guy come out and he'd have a long line of these uh, dowel rods that stuck up and he'd come over and he'd put a plate on top of one and he'd crank it, get the plate spinning, then he'd grab another plate and start number two and grab another plate, start number three, grab another plate, start number four, and then have to run down here, crank number one again, come back and put number five on and get it going and come down here and get number two and then number one going. The guy's running back and forth and then at the end of the thing, he's got all these plates that are spinning uh, in the air and then they would start to slow down and then they start falling and crashing on the floor. That's entertainment. (laughs) And many of us live life like we're plate spinners. Uh, We got all these things that we're trying to keep going. Uh, The Bible says the fool starts off in many directions. The reality is you do not have time to do everything. In fact, you do not have time to do a lot of things. Uh, And so selection is the name of the game. Uh, You've got to line up your priorities. You aim at wise actions. You concentrate on what's important because you simply do not have time to do everything. Proverbs 12:11 A hard worker has plenty of food but a person who chases fantasies has no sense. And so you have to learn the difference between the urgent and the important. You have to learn the difference between activity and achievement. Uh, don't get caught majoring on the minors. And and some things are not necessarily wrong, they're just not necessary. And so you've got to cut those things out. You major on the majors, you line up your priorities. Proverbs says we should make plans counting on God to direct us. We should make plans. There are a bunch of verses in Proverbs, a bunch of verses that, that just teach you to think through the direction of your life to establish uh, some kind of a plan for your life, a path that you're going to follow. If you do that, you're wise instead of foolish. Because you're either going to live your life by priorities or by pressures. Uh, either priorities or pressures are going to drive your calendar. And if you don't set your agenda, someone else will. If you don't set your schedule, someone else will. 
And Jesus modeled this uh, in his life in Mark chapter 1. Early part of his ministry, Jesus has been healing people. Miracles have been happening. He's making a profound impact in this town that he's in. And then he, he goes off and he prays. And the disciples come to Jesus and they tell him, everybody's looking for you. Everybody's looking. They wanted him to go back in the town and do more miracles, do more healing. And Jesus says, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to move on and go to another town. He set his priorities. He set them. You know, over the years, I've, I've tried a variety of time management systems because I really wanted to get a handle on my schedule. And, and as a senior pastor, I've wanted to help my staff master this skill as well. And I remember in, uh, years ago in the early days of Rockbrook, we tried a system uh, where we carried around a small card in, in your shirt pocket and you wrote down every 15 minutes of what you'd done. Uh, every 15 minutes through the day, you would log what you'd done. Drove me nuts. <laughs> it was just too time intensive. Most of my entries said, in the last 15 minutes, I've written down what I did in the previous 15 minutes. I mean, I, I, I just I couldn't keep up with it. It was just too hard. But I found, eventually, a very helpful system. And it's, uh, it's the chart that's on your outline, chart on the screen here. And, and what I love about this system is it, it works uh, well for me because it's simple and it deals with large blocks of time. Uh, it breaks every day of the week into three sections. You have a morning, an afternoon, and an evening. And so every week, you get 21 blocks of time. Now, how do you fill those 21 blocks of time? That's what's going to determine your productivity. It's going to determine your stress level is what you put in these blocks of time. And so you're looking ahead to the week. Where do you start? What blocks do you fill in first, and what do you put in them? Because that decision will determine the priorities of your life. And fortunately, the Bible tells us where to start. It tells us what blocks to fill in and what to put in them. And we find that in Exodus chapter 20. It says, six days a week are set apart for your daily duties and regular works. Circle those phrases, daily duties and regular works. Six days out of the week, regular duties uh, daily duties, regular work. Uh, the seventh day is a day of Sabbath rest dedicated to the Lord your God. And so this is the concept of the Sabbath, where you dedicate a certain amount of time uh, to God, a day, three blocks of time. Okay? Now, we live in the New Testament era, and so we don't have to be legalistic about the Sabbath. Uh, in the Old Testament, uh, you would get in a lot of trouble if you worked on the Sabbath. But we're freed from that. Jesus said that the Sabbath is for man, not man for the Sabbath. And so you don't have to be legalistic about the Sabbath, but you do want to capture the, the, the biblical principle behind it. And so the importance of the Sabbath is not the day that it happens. The importance of the Sabbath is that you put God first in your schedule. And so Jesus taught us that, that to make God our first priority in everything, especially our time. Look at Matthew 6.33. He says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. 
So the first thing I want to do with my week is I want to dedicate three of these time blocks to God. I want to dedicate a block for worship, a block for small group, and a block for ministry. And again, which block and what day it falls on can honestly vary from week to week and season to season. But God gets the equivalent of one day, three blocks, out of the week. And I put those in first. It's not that they're the first day of the week, but I put those in first so that they don't get crowded out by all the other stuff. God gets the first of my time, not the leftovers. And so a lot of times, uh, you know, people say, well, I don't have time for church. I don't have time for small group. I don't have time for a ministry. Yes, you do. You do. We all have the same amount of time. Uh, the key is you just have to schedule those first. And see, what, what happens is, is that when you schedule, you don't have time for a lot of things. But God is not one of them. Okay? You have time for God. You schedule him first. And then everything else falls in place around it. Because you, you're, you're following the principle of you are saying yes to God and no to other stuff. Too many people are saying yes to every opportunity that comes into their schedule, and then they wind up saying no to God. Well, how do you think that's going to work for you? So you, you want to dedicate uh, the first three. You pick those three blocks. Not that they're the first three, but you put those in first. And then the principle out of that Exodus passage is, then there's six days. You pick 12 other blocks, and you plug in uh, your work. And it may be a morning and an afternoon. It may be a morning and an evening. If you've got a big day, it may be a morning, afternoon, and evening. But you plug in 12 of them. You know, some of you, it's easy. You work 8 to 5, Monday through Friday. Boom, 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 boom. You got it. But for some of us, our schedule isn't like that. And so that becomes hard because then you can wind up working too much or you can work too little. And so you want to pick out 12 of them, plug them in so that you've got, uh, got your work scheduled. And then now you can come in to the other blocks and you can plug in other stuff. You can plug in a date night, a family game night, a mow the yard uh, time. You, you plug other stuff in. And then once that's filled, then you start saying no to stuff. But you say yes to God and you get that stuff in first and then you plug in your other responsibilities and now you're saying no to the right things. And Jesus said, put God first, and everything else will fall into place. So in each one of these, I'm going to ask you to rate yourself, to, to rate uh, yourself on this one, on your priorities. You know, if, if you set off in 50 different directions, give yourself a one. Uh, if you've got a to-do list, you've got some order, some sequence, you're going to try and do things, give yourself a three. But if you've, if you've got a plan, if you have a, a purpose, if you have a, a, a design for your life and for your time, then give yourself a 10. And recognize that you're in about 2% of the population. Only about 2% of the population actually plans how they're going to live. And so that puts you in a whole, whole different category. You know, for 48 years, I have, I have striven to put God first in my heart to put God first in my schedule, to put God first in my family. And it's just part of my testimony. I'll tell you, it works. It works. And I can tell you that it works because I can also confess to you that there have been times when I've had lapses. 
And there have been times, even seasons in my life, when I put something else first. I put my agenda, my career, my family, I put something else first. And I can tell you, that doesn't work. That's when you start getting stressed out, you get overloaded, you get overwhelmed, your family suffers, your health suffers, everything falls apart. But you get God back to where he has first priority in your schedule, everything else starts to fall into place. That's what Jesus promised. Folks, Jesus is not a liar. When he said that, he meant it. And it's a promise that'll come true. So put God first. Line up your priorities. Number two, if you're going to uh, survive your schedule, you need to lighten up your attitude. Lighten up your attitude. The Bible teaches that stress is not an event. Stress is an attitude. You put two people in the same situation, under the same stress. One of them is cool, one of them is uptight. It's not the event, it's how you react to the event. It's the attitude. In Proverbs 12, 25, anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. And so you want to lighten up. Don't take yourself so seriously. You know, humor is a great stress reliever. Uh, it, it's life's shock absorber. And humor doesn't change the situation, it, it changes your perspective, and it helps you handle it better. Heard about a guy who was late for a, a business appointment, he had to make an important presentation, and he got to the location, and he couldn't find a parking spot. Drove around the block three times, couldn't find a spot, finally pulled into a red zone, wrote a note, and left it on the windshield. And the note said, this is an absolute emergency. I promise, promise, guarantee, I'll be back in 15 minutes. He ran up the stairs, made his presentation, watching his watch the whole time, got it done in 12 minutes, came back down to his car. There's a parking ticket on his windshield. He pulls it out, looks at it. The cop had written on the bottom, take your time. The Bible says lighten up, lighten up. Anxiety in a heart weighs a man down. Proverbs 14.30, a peaceful heart leads to a healthy body. A relaxed attitude lengthens a man's life. Uh, you know why that's important, a relaxed attitude? Because things don't always, things rarely go as planned, okay? They just don't, and so you gotta learn to find humor in the chaos. Uh, you need to learn how to practice relaxed concern. Uh, Jesus modeled it. Uh, you know, you, you, you read through the Gospels, look at Jesus' life. You don't see him in a hurry. Jesus isn't in a hurry. First public words when he was age 12, he said, I must be about my father's business. I mean, there's a guy with a purpose for his life at the age of 12. And his last recorded words from the cross were, it is finished. I must be about my father's business at age 12. At age 33, he could say, it is finished. And yet he walked through his life never in a hurry. When he said, it's finished, had Jesus healed everybody? Had, had everybody been saved? Had everybody been fed? No. In fact, he said, the poor you'll have with you always. But he said, I did what God the Father wanted me to do. He had a relaxed concern. And I'm not talking about a callousness here. I'm talking about keeping your perspective. Proverbs 17, 22, being cheerful keeps you healthy. 
It is a slow death to be gloomy all the time. Wow. It is a slow death to be gloomy all the time. But being cheerful keeps you healthy. Medical research confirms this. Uh, you know, there are positive chemical changes that happen in your body, in your brain, when you laugh and when you smile. Laughing produces more T-cells for immunity. It makes endorphins, which are the body's painkiller. Your entire muscular system relaxes when you laugh. You ever laugh so hard you were so weak you couldn't even stand up? Yeah, it relaxes you to laugh. And so you need to learn to see humor in the life, to relax, to laugh. You know, instead of getting frustrated at the jerk on the highway, laugh at him. Don't let him see you. <laughs> Be discreet, but, but laugh it off. Uh, I was sitting at a, in the left turn lane, uh, waiting for the light to turn green, give me a green arrow to turn left. And coming from the other direction, there was a lady in the car and then a guy behind her. And uh, the light turned green, and I have to wait for them. And uh, the lady in the car didn't go quickly enough for the guy behind her. And so he lays on the horn. And then I watch her as she drives through the intersection and drives past me, and she's going. <laughs> and I thought, bless her heart. She's just, you know, she's just laughing it off. And the guy squeals his tires, comes around, pulls into the gas station. I mean, I don't know what he was in such a big hurry about. But. Uh, you know, you just need to learn to laugh that stuff off. Uh, Plato said, life should be lived as play. That's why they called him Plato. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. People say, you don't know the tension I'm under at work, at school, in my home. I'll play when, when things are better. I'll play when I feel better. No, you'll feel better when you play. Things will get better when you lighten your attitude. Uh, if you wait till you feel better to play, you'll never get there. I mean, you've heard people say, uh, going through a tough trial, they'll say, someday I'll look back on this and laugh. Well, why not do it now? Why wait? Why not laugh now? You need to learn to lighten up. I mean, two of the greatest causes of stress are you try to do too much, you don't line up your priorities, and you take yourself too seriously. You need to learn to practice creative loafing. Cre creative loafing. It is better to have loafed and lost than never to have loafed at all. Okay? And, uh, and you need to do three things. Three things. You need to divert daily, withdraw weekly, and abandon annually. You, you divert daily. Every day you do something that you enjoy. And not all day. You, you can't. You've got responsibilities you've got to do. But every day do something that makes you happy. Have a little island of happiness in every day. And then you withdraw weekly. Uh, you block out one of those mornings or an afternoon or an evening and you do something you enjoy. You have a date night, a family game night. It doesn't have to be the same thing every week. It doesn't have to be the same block, the same time every week. Don't be legalistic about it. Just do something refreshing every week. And then you abandon annually. Uh, every year, you take a vacation. You, you do something to get away from it all. And it doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be exotic. You just do something to break the routine and recharge your batteries. So rate yourself on this one. How positive 
is my attitude. Have I been laughing and playing enough? Number three, if you're going to survive your schedule, you've got to look up to God. Look up to God. Proverbs 10, 27. Let's read this one out loud together. Proverbs 10, 27. Reverence for God adds hours to each day. What a verse. Reverence for God adds hours to each day. We think it's daylight savings time that does that. Okay? Uh, no, no, you stressed out because of your, your schedule. This is a solution. It's God's promise. You know, stress is a warning light. You get under stress, it means I've taken my eyes off the Lord. It means I've started looking at something else. I, I'm looking at the circumstance instead of looking at the one who's over the circumstance. And some of you say, man, I just need more time. And God says, no, everybody gets the same 168 hours a week. God says, you don't need more time. You need more time with me. You need more time with me. Because that's what expands your day. That's what adds hours to each day. It's like the principle of tithing. It, it's just a mystery. It's a mystery how if I give the first 10% back to God, the other 90% goes farther than if I'd kept 100%. Same thing's true with your time. You give some time back to God, and the hours you have left will go farther than if you just hit the ground running and push yourself all day long. I give part of my time back to the Lord. Daily quiet time, time of prayer, some Bible reading, some worship. Somehow, God expands the rest of my time. Now, notice the word reverence there. Reverence means you take God seriously. He's not an afterthought. He's first. And the reason you get under stress in your schedule is because you take yourself too seriously, but you don't take God seriously enough. And that's why you're under stress. Uh, reverence for God. Look at this one. It says, reverence for God gives a man deep strength. Deep strength. You know, you say, oh, I don't have time for this. I don't have time to sit down every day. I don't have time to read the Bible every day. I don't have time for worship and singing and all that. Well, then you're just running on your own strength. You're just running in your own power. Study the life of Jesus. No matter how busy Jesus was, he took time to pray. You know, that daily quiet time is a decompression chamber. It's a de-stressor. It's a spiritual workout that increases your strength. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust the Lord completely. In everything you do, put God first, and he will direct you. Circle that word, direct. He will direct you and crown your efforts with success. One of the sources of stress is indecision. But if you trust God completely, God will give you direction. He will direct your life. And so it becomes a matter of, what are you looking at? Uh, are you looking at your problems? Are you looking at all your options? Are you looking at all the different pathways you could take? You know, that creates stress. You, you've heard me say this many times. If you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. If you look at Christ you'll be at rest. That's the difference. It's what you have your eyes on. Now, what are you looking at? The circumstances or the one who controls the circumstances? You put God first in your life in every area. He'll direct you. 
Now, you can pray these three points at the start of every day. You get up in the morning, you just say, Lord, help me to line up my priorities, put you first. Lord, help me to lighten up my attitude, not to take myself so seriously. Help me to be able to laugh at myself today. I'm the funniest person I know. Okay? And then, Lord, help me to look up to you and reverence you and watch the difference that it'll make. Jesus asked this question in Matthew 8, 37. He says, what will a man give in exchange for his soul? You know, that's the heart of time management right there. What will a man give in exchange for his soul? Because every day you are exchanging your life for something. Every day you're exchanging your time for something. And, and often we can think, oh, the, our most important asset is, is our money. It's not your money. Money comes and goes. You can always make more money. But you only have a limited amount of time. Your time is your life. And when you give your time away, you don't get it back. And so you can either waste time, spend time, or invest time. And the best use of your time is to invest it in something that's going to outlast it, something that will last for eternity. What will a man give in exchange for his soul? So every time you do something, every time you invest your time in something, you want to ask yourself, is, is this worth my life? Is it worth my life? Is this 30 minutes, this hour uh, of my life worth it? Now that doesn't mean, please hear me, that doesn't mean you have to be serious or working at a fevered pitch all the time. You don't have to live life at a breakneck speed. The Bible's very clear. We need times of rest and relaxation. We need food, fun, and fellowship in the mix. And God wants you to live a healthy balance of work, worship, and rest. I like the Japanese paraphrase of, of Psalm 23. Let me, let me just read this for you. It'll be on the screen. The Lord is my pace setter. I shall not rush. He makes me stop and rest for quiet intervals. He provides me with images of stillness which restore my serenity. He leads me in the ways of efficiency through calmness of mind, and this guidance is peace. Even though I have a great many things to accomplish this day, I will not fret, for his presence is here. His timeliness is all important. He will keep me in balance. He prepares refreshment and renewal in the midst of my activity. By anointing my mind with his oils of tranquility, my cup of joyous energy overflows. Surely harmony and effectiveness shall be the fruits of my hours, for I shall walk in the pace of my Lord and dwell in his heaven forever. What a way to live. I read that this week and it was like, oh, man. What a breath of fresh air. What, what a difference. What a way to live. You know, the Bible says that one day you're going to stand before God and you're going to give an account of how you've used your time. And you're going to give an account of what you put in those mornings, afternoons, and evenings. The issue is not that your schedule is out of control. The issue is that your life is out of control. If it's not controlled by the one who made you. you, you are not made to live life apart from your creator. You are made to have a pace setter in your life. 
You were made to have a director, someone who directs your steps. You were made to have a manager in your life, someone who helps you manage your time. And that person is Jesus Christ. That's what it means for Jesus to be Lord over your life. And one of the things that Christ brings into focus is your time. You line up your priorities and put God first. You lighten up in your attitude. But most important of all, you look up to God. Reverence for the Lord adds hours to each day. Reverence for the Lord gives a man deep strength. And some of you came in here and, and you're just stressed. You're str- you've had a tough week. Jesus says it like this. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, if you're carrying a heavy burden, it's not from the Lord. That's a burden you've taken on yourself. Because Jesus says, my, my burden's light. My yoke is easy. And Jesus says, come. Come with your heavy burden and exchange it for my light burden. Exchange it, your stress, for my rest. I, I don't know why you came here today. Maybe a friend brought you. Maybe you're new. Maybe you've been coming for, uh, for a time. But I truly believe this that you're not here by accident. I truly believe that before you were born, God knew you would be here today sitting in that seat listening to what he has to say to you. And today God wants to say to you, I love you. And you matter to me. And I have a way I want you to live that is a way of rest and ease and a light burden that is a way of joy and laughter and I offer that to you. God extends that invitation to you. Will you receive that life from him today? Come to me. I will give you rest. That's what Jesus offers. Let's pray together. Would you just pray, Lord, help me to line up my priorities and to put you first. And some of you need to do some serious thinking about how you're going to live your life. What, what are you going to put at the, at the forefront of your life? Whether you have five years left or 50 years left, the Bible says we need to make our plans counting on God to direct us. And God directs us to put him first. And then would you just pray and say, Lord, would you help me to lighten up my attitude? A relaxed attitude lengthens a man's life. And so how can I make the practical application of trusting your sovereignty and and releasing the control that I try to have on, on the events around me? God, how can I step into that attitude of joy, that 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 escape to humor that you offer me in difficult situations? And most importantly of all, would you just look up to, say, up to God and say, God, I want to reverence you today. I want to take you seriously. And I want you to be the pace setter. I want you to be the director, the manager of my life. Help me to make decisions that lead me in the pleasant pathways 
where you want me to go. God, we thank you for your promises and we claim them today in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We would love for you to get connected to what's going on at Rockbrook. Visit us online at rockbrook.org for service times, small group information, and other ways you can discover your purpose here on earth.